0: What's up, party people? Welcome back to episode five, season three of the Modern Lending Podcast. We're doing stories this season. We have a a ton of fantastic guests queued up. And today is gonna be a really special one for me um, because I grew up with this guy, watching him on stage, listening to his stories, listening to him guide the mortgage industry. And if if you talk about stories, man, nobody's gonna have a, a bigger depth and breadth than Todd Duncan, and so and we're right on the heels of sales mastery which is coming out which is free for everyone this year which is we're going to talk about that too but man we're going to have a wrap so if you've been following along in season three you get the whole uh, wandavision vibe we're kicking it up a notch welcome to the next level mm-hmm. That's- uh, Good to see you, brother. Will the
1: real Alec Hansen please stand up? I,
0: I can't tell you. <laughs> trying to put a ponytail on a wig that is—I'm anyway. It's a whole thing. I, I'm not prepared. I have no—I have no hair. I have no experience. I have no clue. Uh, well, I have
1: more experience than you because I have less hair than you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Joe. We're taking it through Wandavision, bro. It's going to be fun um, doing all these stupid stuff. But but this, the the whole core of this season, guys. Is on storytelling um, but grounded in stories that are relatable and connectable to you the originator grounded in experiences that you're going through you know todd and i were just joking before going live that it's everything's different but everything's the same (laughs) so we find ourselves in this crazy world and so todd i know we're gonna go on a journey here today um, but here's where i want to start with you um obviously you've had a rich career in lending spanning decades of just pouring into the industry both from a loan officer into the coach mentor um, type of a person, and I, and I want to go back for a minute, and I want to hear a story or two about the glory days of origination that we were joking about. I want to hear about what it was like for you when you started originating. What was the what was the process? Who was the, Who were your mentors? What do you remember? And uh, I think that'll set the stage. That everything's the same and everything's different at the same time. So, what are you, you going to lead with? Give me something.
1: Well, I, I the, the first thing I have to lead with is I uh, I started in the business when. Prime was 20% when FHA and VA financing was 17.5% and six points. You could do a a first and a second and piggyback and then I think the yield was 18.4%. Unemployment, all-time high. Consumer confidence, all-time low. The sky is falling. Recession is big. Nobody thinks anybody's gonna buy or sell anything total fear in the marketplace and my grandmother helped me develop a positive attitude when I was 16. So I was thinking when I was 23 and I started originating, when the sky is falling, what am I going to learn from my grandmother? So I went to a friend of my parents who had a print shop and I had a green button made up and the green button was about this big and it said, rumor has it we're in a recession, I'm not participating. And I put that, I put that, put that button on my jacket. I started calling on the 26 real estate offices that I had and everybody stopped me and said, where did you come up with that? The market sucks. And I said, it only sucks if you think it sucks. I mean, if you think nobody's buying, you're not going to attract any buyers. If you think nobody else is doing anything, you're not going to do anything. But if everybody else is thinking recession and you're thinking forward progress, you're going to attract people. And that was, That was amazing because people started asking me about mindset and that was my first kind of experience because, you know, uh, I think Napoleon Hill and and W. Clement Stone wrote this idea that there's very little difference between those who succeed and achieve a lot and those who don't. And that little difference makes the big difference. The little difference is attitude. The big difference is whether it's positive or not. I figured, man, if you have two choices, be positive or be negative. I'm going to choose positive. Everybody else can be negative. And uh, I got to tell you something. I funded $27 million my first year in the business in the crappiest economy the, the world has ever seen.
0: Well, so... It, it, <laughs> it, 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 Jenny, love the, the don't quit. Three, so, it, but, but Todd, you know, you her, I know it can't have been easy. You, even with the button, even with the sticker. Like, I know, because we all know, you know, rejection and fear of rejection and just the whole... How did you deal with that as a young originator? Well, I,
1: the, the first thing that I learned about fear is it's just an emotion. You
0: know, I can be afraid of
1: something or I can be uh, confident in something. And so no matter what environment I'm in, if I'm confident on how to make a call or if I'm confident on how to set an appointment or I'm confident on the fact that the very realtors that I'm going to be targeting probably already have a lender because I'm like brand new. Uh, How am I going to, how am I going to deal with that? And I remember my mentor. So here's, here's my first week in the business. I called on, um, 1400 real estate agents in 20 different offices and I got rejected in every office by every person. And how did you know you were getting rejected? Well, they immediately stopped looking at you. They picked up the phone and talked to nobody you know, they went over to another realtor's desk and pretended to have a conversation just so they could avoid me. And I, I, I'm telling you, by the end of the first week, I was going, I'm not sure I'm in the right industry. But here's what I did: I remember that my grandmother said that success always leaves clues. And so I called a friend of mine whose father owned a real estate company. I said, I want to come by and sit in the office and just watch what happens. So I went to this real estate office. My Eighth day in the business, I sat there and between one and four o'clock, I counted 21 title reps and lenders that walked through the front door. And they looked exactly like I look, like no purpose, no intention. Uh, they don't know what they're doing in there. Somebody just told them, you know, drop this off or drop that off. Four o'clock, this guy walks in. He's about my height, six five. He's got this beautifully tailored suit. He's got this mega expensive leather portfolio. He walks up to the the receptionist with a ton of just calm confidence and says, my name is John Barnes and I have an appointment with Paula Richardson. I didn't know Paula was number one in the world for REMAX and I didn't know John was 34 and that year would have funded 400 families in 1980. I called him. I mean, I just called him. I said, I saw you over at ERA Lawiki. I was blown away. You were with Paula, whoever Paula is for 45 minutes I want to know what you did. And he said, great, when do you want to have lunch? And I was surprised that he said, great, when do you have lunch? But when I met him, I said, why did you agree to meet with me? And he said, because when I was your age, somebody agreed to meet with me. Yes. It was just like, boom, right? So Dude. then he told me, he said, he said I said, what happened, yester- or what happened yesterday afternoon when you, when you made that call? And he said, he said, I'm going to tell you three things right now. Now, never call on anybody that doesn't know you're going to call on them. Never work any other way, but by appointment only. And at the end of every appointment, make sure you leave 10 times the value you think you're going to get out of that call. So if I'm going to make a thousand bucks, I got to give you $10,000 in value if you're a real estate agent. And that became my rallying call. And, uh, and I went after it and I, you know what, 23 years old, I went after the top 10%. I didn't have any experience whatsoever, but I figured if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail at the top. I'm not going to fail at the bottom. I'm going to fail at the top because I'm going to learn more at the top. And I remember this one agent, her name was Debbie Johnson. She really liked me. She said, I've never seen so much energy in a loan officer, but I've got this relationship with this other guy now yep. and I'm really happy with him. So I got to be honest with you. I, I, I'm not going to be able to do business with you. And here's what I said to her, Alec. I'll, I'll, I never will forget this. I said, you know what? I know you're happy with John over at Mark One Mortgage. I have checked you out. Here's what I like to do. If you're okay with it, I'd like to continue to get to know you. I'd like to give you some information that you might find valuable as a real estate agent. And I'd like to put myself in a position that if anything ever changes with John, the first person you'll think about is me. Would that be okay? And she she looked at me down and she goes, you would do that? And I, I I go, yeah, why not? Why would I not give you value? Um, if anything ever changes, now you got a backup. And 18 months later, I had given her 81 ideas on how to succeed as a real estate agent. She calls me and she says, John made a huge mistake. It cost me three listings, about $28,000 in commissions. Um, I fired him yesterday. Starting today, you're my lender. And I looked at it. I I listened to her and I said, seriously. She goes,
0: today. And I go, okay. Did you have any idea that the other lender wasn't performing? Did you have any clue? Zero. Zero zero idea. And
1: and it was, and, and so my, 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 my early lessons were, it's never a matter of if, it's only a matter of when. And if somebody says no, and they're happy with another lender, that's a really exciting answer to get. Because now you know that if you just outperform the other lender, in terms of value, and you're not getting any business, and that agent goes, I'm giving this guy all my business, and he's not giving me any of that. All it takes is one big mess up, and I get the call. Listen to this. I got 12 loans the first day. And that agent and I, in four years, closed $72 million in volume with an average purchase price of $112,000. And too many LOs give up. Too many LOs look at hard markets and they don't stick with it. They don't understand value. They don't understand that you're, the the better somebody is, the less likely you're going to be able to get them the first time or the second time or the third time. So all I did was take my mentor's advice and try to give her 10 times the value that I thought I would ever get. And I was hoping to get one loan a month. You know, I mean, and after we started doing business together, I was getting over 20 loans a month from one real estate agent. So So it was the button, the button and the value.
0: (laughs) Todd, I I wrote down... Three things here that I want people to hear from that story. Like one story, one story in, in like what? Three minutes of time. And there's huge, uh, uh, huge ideas here. Number one, what I loved hearing Todd was that that top producer took a call, took your appointment. Yeah. And, and I, I want to echo it because I found it to be true in my career and so many other people's were just these, if you want to skate with the big dogs, call them and ask to meet with them and find, they share, they share openly. They, I've, I haven't found people in my career starting out that would just like, not, I call them and go, and they just tell me everything they do. Um, so that was incredibly, incredibly good. Um, the next one was, you have no clue what's ever going on with the great relationship they currently have with their lender. Yeah. None of them, yeah. at least in my experience, and you kind of echoed this, turned to you and say, well, Todd, you know, my current lender is sucking. So just hang in there. You know, you're, you're you might be next. They, they're always, they're going to put on bravado. They're going to say, everything's good. I'm killing it. But, um, and then um you went after the top people. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You can Joe threw through it in there like you got to go got to fish <laughs> in the right pond.
1: I call it fishing with dynamite. You got, you got you got to find out, you got to find out where the whales are and you got to blow their mind with value. And you know, and and when you stop and realize this, like I remember after Debbie and I started doing business, she asked me, I asked her, I said, "So what was one of the biggest piece of uh, pieces of advice I gave you that had you start to understand that I really cared about you. <clears throat> she said, when you sent me that idea that most realtors, when they're watching a listing, get close to ex- expiration, they like do a price reduction and they, they advertise a price reduction and you know, and all the other realtors are not going to show that property because they know it's only 17 days away from expiring and then they're going to call. So when you sent me that thing, instead of lowering the price, increase the commission to the buy side, it was like a game changer. And I changed that. I did a seller net sheet. The seller's going to make more by paying an extra percent to the buy side than we would through a traditional price reduction. And she goes, I made $19,000 from that one idea, Todd. It was just like, okay. So it just, it's, it's, it's like value. It's just value. And I think too many people miss... The value, you know what people think about, Alec, when they're making calls is they're thinking about getting and they're not thinking about giving. And that's the big change. No matter what market you're in, if you're a giver, you get. If you're a taker, you lose.
0: Period. End of story. So, Todd, let me ask this. Um, On the piggyback of that story, um, I I like this question because it could go where it's going to go. Um, many of us, at least in my experience, I've found that top performers have transformative events, experiences. Something happens. It's it's like almost like a fork in the road. And it's not like one. There's there's normally at least, you know, several that happen. A moment of an aha, a moment of a a pivot, a change. Um <clears throat> what do you remember about your times in origination first before we get into the next segment of your life? What do you remember about any of those moments? Did anything stand out for you? Yeah.
1: I had a, I had a really pivotal moment. I'll admit I'll this is indelibly. I mean, I still remember it to this day. I was, uh, I was 25. I'd been doing loans for two years and, um, and a real estate agent was just berating me on the telephone. And, uh, and, and I started berating her and I started yelling at her and she was yelling at me and I was yelling at her and she was yelling at me and I was yelling at her and she was yelling at me. And then the last thing I remember her saying is, okay, Todd, you win. And then the dial tone. And I'm going, I won. <sighs> I won. The next day, I go call in that office. I'm not four steps in the front door. And I had been blacklisted in that office by the broker that has 105 agents. Uh, and this just told you you're not welcome here. You're not allowed in this office based on how you treated Sally. Sally worked at that office.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And she went back and told the broker, I don't care what you do, but I am never doing business with Todd Duncan again, and here's why. And she happened to be a top 10 percenter. And so the broker said, okay, Todd's not allowed. Todd's not allowed. And I, I, that was my first and probably most painful experience in not understanding customer service. You know? And in the end, she was right, and I just had too much pride. And I started really learning humility and I started really guarding my heart. And, uh, and I started increasing the sensitivity, which I listened. And what I found Alec, is I found the breakthrough. I found when you really care and you really listen and you really slow down and you always make it about the customer, not about you, then you will have a career of loyalty, longevity. Um, you'll have less effort. You'll have more joy. And that was, that was just that was a turnkey for me. It was just like, okay, I'm going to start serving everybody like a human being that cares and has a voice. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it as long as I live.
0: That's crazy. I'm just, well, I, let
1: me tell you that office, that office sold $200 million worth of real estate. A year. <laughs> I, I believe you. So yeah, it was super painful. And I never, I never did get back in. Wow. Yeah. Eight years
0: later, I was still blacklisted. So let's, let's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's a right? great, great, it's a great, it's a great life lesson. I mean, it's, that's, that's it's how, how more raw can you get in experience? Like that's it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's huge. Absolutely huge. So share, even in, even in apologizing, I, great, but you're still not welcome.
0: Yeah. yeah Jeez. Share it, Todd. Um, obviously a lot of your career has been in pouring back into the industry. Running things like sales masteries, coaching programs, you know, speaking, industry speaking, thought leadership, author many books, bestsellers. When did you make the pivot into that? What's the story? What's the process?
1: So when when I was 25, my manager said um, um, we'd like to use you additionally to doing loans. We we really feel that the way you do it is a way that we'd like to teach all the other salespeople in the company. And so I got I got actually hired by my company to do another job, which was to train the new recruits. And so every month they'd bring in you know 20 to 25 new uh, loan reps, and and I'd lead them through a two day on how I'd built my business and. Um, And then they would go out and I would be kind of mentoring them every other week as a group and uh, and they would start succeeding. And I kept doing that. and I kept doing that. And then uh, my title partner and I decided to host a seminar for real estate agents. And so she did all the marketing and I came up with a three hour presentation that I wanted to do for realtors as a lender. And so I got that going and then um and then the you know the, the the gigs back at the company I think I was probably doing ten a year for like four or five years. And then my title partner and I, her name is Randy Wright, and she and I went to a Tom Hopkins seminar in Costa Mesa, California, and I was in my tenth year of doing loans and uh and i sat there mesmerized by tom hopkins on stage i was in the front row and he was talking about right livelihood he was talking about aligning your purpose with what you do and using the gifts that you have to to really focus on greatness and don't try to get good at what you're weak at and this, that, and the other thing. So anyway, um, I'm I'm just blown away and, and something started happening in my mind. He took the morning break and I cornered him at the restroom and I said, I don't know what happened this morning, but I want to be a professional speaker. And he said, great, stick around all day and see me when the day is over and let's talk. So I had immediate accountability because if I wanted to talk to him, I had to stay there, right? And so I, I get up there and he's got books for sale and there's about a hundred people in line waiting for an autograph. And I keep getting out of line so that I'm the only guy left in the That's ballroom. Awesome, and I finally get up there. I'm six, five, he's six, he's five, six, he's on stage. We're kind of eye to eye. He looks me in the eye and he goes, so you want to be a speaker? I'm blown away. Cause you know, six hours earlier is when I told him and he remembered me and I said, I really do. And, and, and this is for everybody. He said. It's a beautiful profession. When are you going to be one? And it was just a question. When are you going to be one? And I said, I'm not sure. I just decided today. And he goes, It doesn't matter. When are you going to be a professional speaker? And I'm going, I got to think about it. He goes, What's there to think about? You just told me you want to be a professional speaker. So if you don't pick a date, you're not going to have the discipline to drive to that destiny. And I go, Great. And there's this awkward silence. And he goes, So pick a date. I said, I will. He said, now. So I'm thinking it's January 6th. I add six months to it. And I say, okay, I will be a professional speaker by July 6th this year. He goes, great. Write it in your day timer. I wrote it in my day timer. He goes, take out your card, write the date on the back of the card, give me your card. And he goes, if you don't call me by this date, I'm going to call you and ask you why you have not held to this commitment. And it was like this, this, massive accountability. I mean, this guy's bigger than life even though I'm taller than him, right? And and so I go to work on creating my new company and I'm doing loans all the way up to the Friday which was my last day. I sold my company to my my assistants and did a self-funded buyout and I wake up on a Monday morning and nobody knows that I'm a professional speaker and nobody knows I'm Nobody knows I'm for hire, and I have no guarantee of income coming in from my, my professional speaking business. But the most important part about that story is by when. And too many LOs and too many realtors have grandiose goals, but they haven't picked a buy when. They have not picked their date. And when you pick your date, something magical starts to happen. You start realizing that I've, I've set kind of a boundary. And when I got this guy that's bigger than life, that's going to call me if I don't call him, I I do not want that to happen. So it was that moment, that day, that seminar, Tom Hopkins and Randy Wright. And if I hadn't gone there, I don't know if I would have changed as fast to move out of mortgage and into mortgage training. But that's what happened. And I joined the MBA, got their directory this thick. I started at A. I started marketing. I was going to go all the way to Z. And uh, I hadn't gotten any engagements in seven months. And what that Tom Hopkins told me is he said, you've got to market every day until you have 40 contracts. And when you get your first contract, you can't stop marketing because you're just at the front end of the tipping point. You got to keep, you got to keep going, keep going. And um, seven months in, I have no contracts. uh, I had a hundred thousand dollars allocated to starting the business. Uh And I was down to the last 10,000 in that account, which was the startup account. And I went to the beach and I cried because I didn't think my dream was going to work. Yeah. And in the back of my mind, I keep remembering, keep prospecting, keep prospecting, keep prospecting, keep prospecting. Following Monday, I get a call and I, I get my first contract with, uh, with a small company in San Diego called Great Western Bank. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, by the time I was done talking to him, it was an $87,000 contract. And in the next two months, I got 41 engagements. And the rest, as they say, is history. I'm still doing business with some of the people that said yes to me in 1992.
0: Joke that's this. a story. That is a story, dude. Well, no, that's so, so <laughs> up here, right? Like, love the consistent message of not being afraid to ask. And it goes back to Jenny's comment of, like, don't quit three inches from the gold. You know, like, you were at the... Three inches from the gold. And you know what? I
1: have this rule for everybody. You guys got to follow this. It's called the 95% rule. And it's it's really what Alec just brought up. 95% of the people go 95% of the way and they get 5% of what's available. 5% of the people go 100% of the way and they get 95% of what's available. Too many people quit when they're just yards away from victory. And that to me is the most stupefying thing in the world because you've already gone through the pain of getting the 95 in. Why would you not go through the extra pain to do the last five because everybody else quits? So the odds then are in your favor that you're going to get when everybody else loses because they quit. And I need to say something else. You just can't follow up and just making calls is not the key to conversion. Adding value is the key to conversion. So, in wherever you are, if you give more, you get more. And there's a science that's called reciprocity. Yep. When you give enough intellectual and financial value, and education and advice, just like Debbie, when her lender messed up that pricing and it caused three listings to fail, she didn't have to think for a moment who's my guy? She made the call. I invested 18 months in her before I ever made a nickel. And then boom. You know,
0: and so if, I think, yeah. It's crazy. I have, I have almost an identical story. I, I, you know, I targeted the top 100 agents, you know, I, and it's probably cause you told me to and, <laughs> I, and I, I did, I was 23, you know, and I, I would, I would go to their broker preview. I'm, this will be quick and then I wanted to get into sales mastery, but I remember there's a guy in, in Newport beach mega agent. I go to his broker preview on Thursday I come to, uh, he has another house in another market on Broker Preview on Friday. I go meet him again. Saturday, I go to his open house. Dawn, Sunday, I go to another open house and he sits, I'm terrified of this guy, of course. Terrified. (laughs) And I'm introducing myself as a lender and then like leaving. Like I'm just, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And he goes, are you going to come to, Alec, are you going to come to every single one of my open houses? And this is my worst nightmare. (laughs) This is my worst nightmare in the world. Like he's going to tell me to stop coming and like I'm bugging him and like I, I, I'm, I'm dying and I squeak out like yes or I, I, is that okay or something. I don't remember and he, he gave me grace. He laughed and he said the line that, that you've re, that you're just showcasing. He said look, it took my last loan officer two years to earn my business. I love it. Keep showing up. Yeah. And sure enough six months later I'm showing up every time you know, asking to bring stuff. He's like, no, my lender does that. Trying, you know, every day, all of a sudden on a weekend, my phone rings and I remember cause I'm in a movie theater and I had his number programmed <laughs> in, like I programmed all the top 100 agents in cause I'm never going to miss their calls. And I run out of the movie theater and I take the call and he's sitting with a customer and he goes, um, i need a prequel right now. And I go, I'm your guy. Um, <laughs> and then he ended up telling me later that his, his loan officer of two years was just, getting entitled, not calling back very quickly, not being available very quickly, just kind of dropping the ball here and there. And of course you would never admit that to me. And, you know, I could have stopped showing up. I could have given up. I could have gone somewhere else. And it's just, it's just, I loved your story because I'm just sitting here going, yeah, I, 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 it's the same, I love it.
1: And you know what the other piece of the story is, Alec, that once you get to where you got with him and once I got to where I got with Debbie, and this is a message for everybody, you have got to, Never, ever, ever stop adding value to the relationships you value, because here's what's going to happen. Most people will say, yes, I get that. We, we begin to take our relationships for granted. We will jump through fire to get somebody to say yes, and then we go radio silent and expect them to keep giving and giving and giving. That's why monthly business reviews are so important. That's why partnership planning is so important. That's why you got to change your whole mindset and ask really, really game-changing questions. Like I would ask a realtor today, you know, where you are right now at the end of 2021, where would you like to be at the end of 2023? And are you confident in your strategy and how can I help? I mean, those are the kind of conversations and when you're checking in, I wanna check in because we need to get better together. We need to grow together. No leader would ever hire a salesperson and never meet with that salesperson to evaluate how things are going. And we do that in lending. We forget our relationships, especially when we come out of like, what we came out of with refi mania, right? we We forget them. And just imagine this, if you were dating a beautiful woman or if you were dating a handsome man and then you just stopped talking, how would that relationship go? It would end. You got to keep giving. You got to keep layering value and give. And here's the magic. You get 10 real estate agents that refer two buyers to you a week each, and you have 80 conversations a month and you convert 20 of those conversations to deals that make it into processing and get approved. And then you have a 90% pull through with 10 agents. You can fund 180 loans a year. If you double your conversion, you can fund 360 loans a year by talking to four people a day and converting two to a deal. But relationships matter. And if you want continuity and you want stability and you want to wake up every day not worrying where your next loan is going to come from, you've got to have relationships. You've got to have them. You can make a living on transactions. You can make a fortune on relationships. And I got to tell you right now, it's it's the, the, the right now, right this moment, Alec, where this industry is, good agents are ripe for picking right now. Yeah. In two more months, it's going to be loan officer ants on bread out there. And the yes. time to get it going, no, seriously, the time to get it going is before anybody else is trying to get it going.
0: <laughs> so let's go here, Todd, for a little bit.
1: Yeah. When did you start Sales Mastery? 1992.
0: Why? Why'd you do it?
1: I, I, I had a vision. I had a vision to have uh, an event where people would come together in the industry and learn from top producers how to become top producers. That was the vision. And I just said, you know what? Um, my mentor, John, when I was 23, told me you have to achieve sales mastery. You have to be a master of the art and the science of sales. And I went to a 13 week course to learn how to do that. And I came out of that course just on fire. And of course, 10 years later, I start the company and, uh, and I said, I want to do that. I want to I do something like I went through 11 years ago. And I want to do that for the industry. And so we did it. We decided to go. We had a two-day event. We had like 12 people that we showcased. 319 people showed up. And, uh, and we did it. And they were happy. And they were thrilled. And half the group said, will you do this again next year? And I said, sure. And so we did it again next year. And we had 700 people. And then the third year, we had over a thousand, and now a hundred thousand loan officers have attended sales mastery, and millions of realtors and borrowers have been impacted by the message. And I did it because I want to make a difference, Alec. I just want to make a difference. I want to help people navigate how to win and to do it intentionally, to do it with confidence, and to do it with purpose, and then to do it at scale. And that's why we invented it.
0: <laughs> let's let's go here, Todd. Um, what are some of your favorite stories from? the sales mastery events that you can recall? What's, one what of, one of on? the, er- huh? what stands out over the years?
1: Um, one of the earliest stories is I hired a guy named W. Mitchell and W. Mitchell uh, was a quadri- quadriplegic. Um, he had crashed his motorcycle into a laundry van in San Francisco and uh, was burned beyond recognition on all its body parts. The only reason the face was still intact is because he had a helmet on. And he went through about a hundred uh, skin grafts, you know, to try and, and get his body back and whatnot. And then uh, and and then he uh he became a private pilot and he was uh taking off out of uh out of uh Colorado and didn't de-ice the wings and crashed at the end of the runway. And so his fingers are gone, his feet's gone, he's a paraplegic, he's gonna be in a wheelchair the rest of his life and he rolls himself up the ramp on stage, pulls the pulls the wheelchair to the middle, turns around. And grabs a microphone, and he said, here's what I want to tell you. It doesn't matter what happens to you. It matters what you do about it. And it was like, holy crap. Here's this guy in a wheelchair, and he's lucky to be alive. And he said, he said, before I was injured, there was 10,000 things I could do. Now there's only 9,000. I can focus on the 1,000 things I lost, or I can focus on the 9,000 things I still have. And that dude today has impacted millions of people around the world and and that memory was huge. Let me tell you another memory. I hired Pat Riley after the heat won the the uh, the championship right. and he was my He was my keynote speaker. I was the first company that hired him after the championship, and um, he gets up on stage and he 's bigger than life you know it 's just like wow i 've got the head coach of the Miami Heat speaking at Sales Mastery. Um, I paid him sixty thousand dollars to be at that speech. And um, he was 20 minutes into the speech, Alec, and he completely stage frighted, froze, did not know where he was going to go next. And he's just stumbling. Here's a guy that can take a championship team to, you know, yeah. world championship. Yeah. And, he, 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 and I'm in the front row and I'm going, just talk, Pat, just talk about yourself. Tell us a story. He's just a mess. we end up getting through it that right after the opening night was over, we had all of our VIPs up to uh, my suite to meet Pat Riley and he was going to sign basketballs. So we do two hours of basketball signings. He's the last guy in the room with me and we're getting ready to walk him to the front door and he stops. He puts both of his hands on my shoulders and he looks me in the eyes And he goes, I let you down tonight. And I am really, really sorry. And I want you to know that. And I also want you to know, there's no way I'm going to let you pay me for what I did tonight. I was like, really? Talk about owning it. Just talk about owning it. And It was just, it was like, wow, that is crazy. And, um, I had my assistant call his assistant and, and we we ended up sending him $10,000 for his favorite charity, which was a boys club. But that story, I mean, you talk about putting your reputation in front of your revenue. Yeah. Monstrous, monstrous. Um, I do have another memory, like uh, in 2012, we gave away, I had 10 CEOs that agreed to uh, buckle down and contribute $30,000 to buy uh, a home for a wounded warrior.
0: Oh, right. And
1: uh, I had 30 CEOs on stage. We raised $300,000. We had Sean Parnell, uh, retired, uh, retired military on stage, and we bought 10 veterans' houses. And that was magical. I'll never forget that moment. Never forget that moment. There's so many,
0: there's so many. Well, you know, my my coolest one was my sister's um, who has a lot of hardship that she's come through. Yeah. And her having that aha moment going, if this person can do it, I can do it. Like, and so that, I mean, there's high level experiences that happen at Sales Masteries, which are incredible, but sometimes it's just the loan officer out there who goes, holy shit, I can do this too.
1: Not only could Kristen do it, but thousands of people have been impacted by her story, thousands. I mean, you know, the, the, the replays on these panel interviews and, and she's just smoked it. I mean, she just continues through any life adversities, continues to reach out for greatness. And that's why we do the event. We do it so that people can cause change. It's
0: well, I got, I got two questions more on this topic <laughs> that I wanna hit. Um, number one is, how is converting it to digital and COVID can we just talk about that? Because that's wild to me. Like, that's a pivot. That's a big issue. Like, what was going on in your head? How did you deal with that? What What, what did you experience through that?
1: I, I think that, um, and this is no matter what happens, but I think everybody, if you really have an uh, an eye towards observation and an eye towards being your best, you will always see good and bad. what other people might see bad, you're going to see good. Um, when COVID hit, we were in Savannah, Georgia. I had my elite group there, 24 people, and uh, it was a horrible pricing day, March of last year. I mean, there was like, they pretty stopped locking loans because the market got so wild with all the, the news and everything. And we got back, we, we made it back home, and I had a team meeting. And I said, guys, we're an event company, and officially right now we are out of business. We, we don't we can't do events. Um, we can't do what we've done to for 28 years. We can't do it. So we got it. We got to figure out what we're going to do. And so we we had about, I don't know, a five day meeting, uh, just brainstorming ideas, this, that and the other thing. I called a friend of mine that owned a TV studio and I said, um, can you tell me about live streaming? Can you tell me about digital? Can you tell me what what to do and how to do it? And then, um, and then he said, "You need to talk to this guy named Bob T D. And, and Bob T D. works for Willow Creek and 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 Campus Crusade for Christ. and um, He 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 uses a technology where they're able to have 150,000 people logged in at one time and message them around the world. And then so I said, "Well, I can I use that?" And he said, "Not only can you use it." I'll tell you the guys in Atlanta that do it. And so I called the guys in Atlanta that do it. So it's three different people right now. And I get hold of the guys in Atlanta. They're just finishing a two week Netflix shoot. So these guys know what they're doing. If Netflix and Apple TV are using them, so I, I say to my team, I said, I think we've got somebody that can pull this off and I think we ought to go digital this year. I think we don't have any certainty that the Marriott's gonna let us come. Uh even if they did, if there's six foot distancing, you know, the ballroom's gonna look empty anyway because everybody's gonna be six feet apart from each other. Um, Marriott wouldn't let us out of the contract because they had a thirty day clause. And so we're just betting the farm that, you know what, COVID's gonna hang around for a while and nobody's gonna wanna fly to a hotel and Next to somebody that sneezes, and we're just gonna go. We're gonna go digital, and and so we did it. And we 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 spent the exact same money on digital production as we spend on live production. So here's what happened.
0: I saw it. it. was incredible. Here's
1: what, here's what happened. We had forty four thousand people sign up for Mastery. Forty four thousand from nine countries. Count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine countries. Did you know that, Alec, did you know there's mortgage brokers in Istanbul, Turkey?
0: No. Yeah, we had
1: 14 of them logged in. There's a company in Turkey that does mortgages and the brokers. Yeah, South Africa. We had had two reps from Vietnam, two mortgage brokers from Vietnam. And so at the height of sales mastery last year, we had just shy of 22,000 devices connected. And we were able to impact 10 times the number of people we've ever impacted live. And so, you know, there's silver linings in every gray cloud. I mean, all you have to do is change your questions. You can't say this sucks. You got to go, like, what's good about this? Even though it's hard, you know, it's hard. But the way people handle negativity defines the character. Of their humanness and if you've got challenges you got to have courage you got to have curiosity you have to have faith and you have to have resolve because it's too hard to crumble and i I held that from the very start of covid there's good things that are going to come from this there's bad but there's good and um, for us it was making that spin we were going to go live this year but the you know the state um, they're still they're still messed up in policy, and so we are bringing it back next year live. But we'll do live and live stream next year. But this year, yeah.
0: Well, this still year, digital. let's talk about this year. And I threw the link yeah. up on the, on the screen because you 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 just let it all out this year. You're just going for it. You're you're just like come on. In, <laughs> like, I mean, it's wild. I, when I first heard you say that, I was like, oh man, he's bringing it. Because you you <laughs> just there's no registration fee. Get in the boat. We're gonna have a radical time. And I think this is so rad. So like, what brought you to this place? You know, obviously it'd be great to get back together in person. Oh my God, I'd love it. Um, but what brought you to here to go open for everybody, register for free, come in the boat? Remember what I did with that realtor? What did I do with her? I'd value, provide value, provide value, stay there. I gave her value, 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 value,
1: value, value. And she finally said yes. So I went to my team and I said, guys, we've, we've done live stream. We had 44,000 people last year. You know, that's a huge victory. Um, we are starting our journey to our 30-year Sales Mastery anniversary, which is next October. Yes. And I went to my team and I said, um, what can we do this year in light of the fact that this October will be the first day we hit that 30-year journey? Climax by the live event. Yep. So I said, I need you guys to think about it, and, um, and let's talk again about it tomorrow. And so one of the guys on my team said, what's there to think about? And I go, what do you mean? And he said, why don't we just say thanks to our clients? Why don't we use the 30th year to say thank you to our clients? And I said, okay, what's that mean? He says, let's do it for free. And I got other people around the conference table, and are you kidding me? Are you, what are you smoking? What? And then somebody else said, I think it's a good idea. And then a third person said, I love it. We can finally give back to the industry that has helped us for so long without having to sell anything. Yep. And I said, sounds sounds good. And so we put it to vote. It, this whole process took 45 minutes. And in 45 minutes, we decide we're going to let the entire world come for free. Our gift to them. Period. End of story. No strings attached. I'm- that, that's it. <laughs>
0: Well, so what? What are you most? Exci- what are you excited about for this year? Then, what's kind um, of cool about
1: this? So, one of the things I'm most excited about is in our coaching company, we have really been studying hourly rate. You know, uh, Kristen knows about this big time, yeah, and 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 we are a huge believer that most mortgage and real estate agents are not making anywhere near what they are worth and what they deserve. And I'm not making this about the money. What I'm making it about is why do you give life force? Yes, and not. Yeah get a return for it why 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 is your life so imbalanced because your business is just hammering you and and why don't we do something different about that right and so so the first day is called earning what you're worth and what you deserve and i've got seven interviews of people that have scaled to as high as six million dollars in commissions in one year and they're going to lay it out. They're going to lay their playbook out. How do they do it? How do they do it? And it's, it's not about the money, but it is about the money. If you want margin, if you want to do in half the time what the rest of the industry takes their whole career to do, you need to understand this math. You need to understand labor in, money out, yep. re- and with relationship, not with just making the money, right? So I'm, I'm excited about that. I, I have another I, uh, Tuesday, the theme, or sorry. Uh, Thursday, the second day, the theme is um, setting big goals and moving from goal setting to goal getting, and it's all about how do we put goals in play that always come true. There might be some pivots along the way, but what are the what are the pros doing about vision and goal setting? And then the third day is is called the leadership trifecta, and it's about creating experience, it's about attraction, and it's about retaining clients for life and the new models of consumer-centric thinking and marketing and really leveraging. We've got one guy that has taken his database from 2,000 people to 27,000 people in 18 months all through one technology that he's using. And now he's got, can you imagine this? Can you imagine doing $70 million with 2,000 people in your database and now exceeding $300 million as you build your database to, uh, he's knocking on the door of 30000 He's doing it all through mortgage efficiency and mortgage reviews, which is the modern part of lending right now, big time. But he's going to lay it out and he's going to go, you know, I was broke and living in my car 20 years ago. And one of my classic, classic phrases from him is, and then I figured out that I could be rich. How do you go from being in your car and homeless to making $3.7 million in commissions in 12 months? Mindset. And then skill. <laughs> and by the way, he by the way, he, he owns 450 rental properties in the process. Forget just making the money. Now he's got residual income forever. And one of the big things we'll talk about is how do you move? from just pure earned income, do a deal, get paid. How do you move to residual income, which is uh, having an active database, yep. investing in appreciating assets, keeping your expenses low, you know, doing the right things. And you know, the ultimate goal for our elite group is we want 75 cents of every dollar you earn coming from residual income, not from earned income. We want the labor to go down. We want the revenue to go up. So I'm excited about all of it. We're doing it in my house. Can you believe it? We go from this big stage to oh, everybody. Everybody's going to be in my house.
0: I love it. <laughs> you know, Todd, I'm, I'm so thankful for you. I'm so excited to see this um, Sales Mastery 2021. And obviously, the 30-year party, uh, I, You know, we got to rage and just have a blast. And so I want to say this as we as we kind of close down here. You know, first of all, thank you for bringing um, your transparency and your on your positivity and your energy because you always do. You come in to these kind of things and you just you just share. Um, And so I love that, and the people were blessed today by that. Um, Do you have any messages you want to give to a loan officer today? Um, I like I like this question, that kind of as a closing comment because you know everything's the same, but everything's different, right? So you know we're looking at this weird future. Um, maybe rates go up, maybe the purchase market goes insane. Maybe they don't. There's a lot of economic uncertainty. COVID's still a mess, candidly, you know, so so what's, what's your encouragement advice message to the LO community right now?
1: Um, I think the, the first thing that, that comes to mind is that if this has taught us anything, it has taught us to value relationships. And um, you know, I look at my my son's fiance, and both of her parents died within six months from COVID. Um, there's a lot of pain in what we're going through, and there's also a ridiculous amount of pleasure that can be had if you understand that tough times never last, but tough people do. And I think that in the markets that are uncertain, which we are going into, we can already see CPI going sky high, inflation's higher than it's been in 31 years, consumer confidence is down, job reports are down. You know, we're headed into some economic uncertainty, but economic uncertainty weeds out losers and rewards winners. And I don't use losers to attack anybody's humanity. I just, it is what it is. The winners win when the losers give up. And what we have to understand is this group, this you know, this tribe that Alec has and the tribe we call mortgage banking, um, people still need you. People still need to make the American dream work. People still need to borrow money to, to have that dream. And so I would get very laser focused on the power of relationship, loyalty, and value. And I would understand that there's always good and bad and when you can see the good in the bad, people are attracted to you because the news is bad, the messaging is bad, you know, the, the science is bad. I mean, everything's bad. But at the end of the day, people that want to buy a home and people that can help that home purchase come true are going to be a vital necessity in the world in which we go into. And we always get through economic tough times. There's a lot of blood sometimes. This one feels like it could be pretty bloody. But at the end of the day, we had the gift of so much volume last year. And and for many this year, you're you're on track to, to have a great year. Next year is going to be different. But there's enough people for you to make a great living and kill it. And um, you have to have a positive attitude. And, and then you've got to back it by skill. And your skills need to become more value-centric than just operationally or technologically-centric. And if you can do that, you'll, you'll win. You'll win. I'm convinced. I don't. I'm not afraid of next year. I think the, the, the people that are prepared are going to win. And the people that aren't, aren't. There it is. That's simple.
0: Well, my friends and listeners, sign up for Sales Mastery. Enjoy yeah. it. Um, Todd, yeah. thank you for hanging with me today. Always a blast. I learn a ton every time. And uh, for all of you guys that are hanging out with the Modeling Podcast, we'll be back with more episodes and more stories. Take care, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful day. We'll see you on the internet. Peace, you guys. Bye.